Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Real Talk, uh, Tuesday night Michigan edition. It's your boy Jeff again, and returning uh, at this point annual guest, <laughs> Yao. Good, very good, man. Good. So, I mean, you say good, but I know you're lying because we are. <laughs> there's no way we can possibly be good in, in the in the situation that we are in, facing uh, one and two as Michigan fans, but let's go ahead and uh, get your initial thoughts on where we're at as a, uh, as a football team right now. Well, uh, a lot of work to be done. And with the shortened season, uh, I mean, to get to Indianapolis, you need a lot to happen. So right now they are playing for pride um, and they have to, they have to bring it this week. I I was hoping uh, that they were going to have some senior leadership, some people step up against Indiana. That um, really did not happen. So uh, a lot of questions need to be answered. A lot of mistakes need to be fixed. So we are at uh, a, a pivotal ball ball game here against Wisconsin this weekend. So um, it's, <laughs> I mean, we're, you're Jim Harbaugh, you're in the locker room. You got to tell your guys, like, what, what are we doing? Are we are we going to uh, take what we're doing in practice and put it on the field? Because I keep hearing in the press conferences, post-game conference, press conference, whatever, uh, you know, the practices are great, but they're not doing it in the game. So hmm, something's missing here, but they need to figure it out. Yeah, I mean, for me, you know, the, uh, the post-reaction of the Michigan State game, I, I think ultimately I had a feeling that we were going to struggle in this game. I didn't think we would lose. I said this on the pod last week. I I said that us Michigan fans were going to be really mad because we were going to win this game. And I thought that we just underplayed at Michigan State. Truthfully, we now know that's not the case. This is who we are. Um, it, it's, a, it's a tough pill to swallow because this is your – five or six for Harbaugh. I, I, I honestly forget the counting. Six. You're, you're six. Um, it's just, this is tough. This is a tough pill and um, we should be better. At least Michigan fans think we should be better. Um, you know, kudos to Indiana and we'll, we'll get to that here in a second, but uh, Michigan's got a lot of issues. I mean, for the second straight game, the corners were, were a massive issue, which we'll talk about. Um, Joe Milton did not throw it 50 times, but was rather average to below average in this game. I mean, I definitely wasn't saying he was uh, he was any kind of savior. And the offensive line for the second straight game really wasn't able to muster up uh, any kind of good running. So, with that said, let's go ahead and uh, move right into the into the game. So Michigan travels to Indiana and drops. Uh, drops to a one and two and Indiana moves to three and oh, they were 13th going into the game. I think they, I don't know what their, their ranking is now. I'd assume they're probably top 10, low top 10. Uh, but Indiana scores early and often they put up 14 in the first 10 in the second seven and seven for a total of 38. Michigan has seven in the first zero in the second seven and seven in the third and fourth respectively 38, 21 Michigan loses. Go ahead and uh, go ahead and start. I'll let you start. Uh, just the breaking it down. Well, um, 
I guess here, let me let me let me throw you a T ball here. So first off, what did you think the reason we lost the game? Let's start there. Biggest reason. Uh, I, biggest reason. I think I think the biggest reason is is the secondary. Yeah, um, I agree. I agree. And, and and a close second is the offensive line. And part of that was I didn't even realize it. Going into the game, we had uh, three replacement offensive linemen. So when the announcers, the commentators said that three new offensive linemen were playing, and I don't even remember the reason that they were out. I don't know if it was illness or minor injury. Excuse me. And then when I heard that, I'm like, well, we're going to be in for a long day because Indiana's defense has been playing tough. And, uh, again, our our run game, uh, putrid, absolutely putrid. Yeah. So I actually 100% agree with you. I, and I've I've been preaching this after we watched the game last last weekend. Is just at, at this point the secondary is an absolute liability. Um, and the one the factor that I pointed out. So Michael Penix Jr., who uh, is becoming a household name because of Michigan, but he's not a he's not a true pocket passer. I mean that's not really his forte. Um. He passes the ball 50 times. You know, he goes 30 of 50 for 342 and three touchdowns in the air, no interceptions. Uh, he honestly looked like Justin Fields out there. <laughs> I'm, I mean, let, let's let's give credit where credit's due. Uh, Indiana and Indiana's receivers were fantastic. They had a receiver seven catches for 142. They had another one 11 catches for 79. It just – there was nothing that Michigan was able to do defensively that didn't result in a catch or holding or pass interference of some sort. Just absolute putrid, as you you like to say, putrid play at the uh, at the cornerback position. I mean, a, as I was watching the game, Daxton Hill. I mean, the dude looks like he's all over the field. But even he was kind of struggling in coverage at times. It's like, yeah. if that's really where we're at, whoo, boy, we're, uh, I mean, we're in for a long season. I think we already know that based off these last two games that we're making Michael Penix Jr. look like Tom Brady. It's just like, if that's, if that's where we're at. So I think we both agree the secondary is a problem. Let's go, let's move into the running game. The running, <laughs> this is, I can't even believe I'm saying this. They take 18 carries for a total of 13 yards. And the crazy thing is, is they had an 11-yard run and a 10-yard run. Yeah. Yeah, you got minus nine from Joe Milton. So that's you're in the sacks there probably got uh, taken yeah. into consideration. Yeah, the yeah. sacks do in college football. But still, I mean, that's that's a pretty poor performance running the football. And it's probably not easy to just find it on a whim. But, like, what when's the last time Michigan like, – what is – the last uh, game that U of M has rushed for this uh, little, uh, this low number here. So I would assume yeah, it's, it's probably in that Brady Hoke territory with the Michigan State game where they had like negative be. yards rushing. I yep. mean, yep. I, it, honestly, if you're rushing for under 50 yards in college football, there's a, I would assume there's a good chance you're not going to win. Oh, I mean, for sure. Even in air raids, I mean, they're still running the ball for 50 plus yards. I mean, uh, Indiana didn't run it super effective, so I guess that's a credit to our defensive line. 38 carries for 118 and two touchdowns. It's about three yards a carry, so credit to them. But uh, there was a big play that Joe Milton misses that would have uh, brought it within seven. I believe it was early in the fourth or late in the third. 
There's a uh, there's a blown coverage. Ronnie Brown is running down the the sideline, not the sideline, but the seam, right up, right on the middle. He's got his hand up. Joe Milton misses him. What's what's your reaction to that? What's 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 uh, what's your take on Joe Milton and his lack of touch, lack of accuracy downfield? Well, what's what's really sucks is obviously not having the non-conference to. Uh, to uh sharpen your skills um absolutely absolutely his his downfield accuracy is kind of reminding me of how jake rudock played in 2015 for the first three or four weeks you know uh, if you look back when michigan played at utah and jake rudock missed a lot of uh I don't want to say gimme deep balls, but he missed a cut. He missed Chesson and Darbo a few times downfield. That could have uh, opened up the game a little bit. And Jake Rudock improved tremendously over the season. And it's unfortunate that Joe Milton is not going to have the full uh, plate uh, for him to improve his game. Uh, he'll, you know, obviously the way this is going to go, I mean, 99% chance he's coming back next season, uh, barring something crazy. Uh, so he turned the ball over twice. Um, again, we were talking about uh, the preview last week of Joe Milton not turning the ball over. And yeah. this week, it, you have to consider uh, obviously playing down and trying to make plays. He's probably, you know, forcing the ball in there. Uh, so, again, I'm still I'm still not on Joe Milton. I know a lot of the Michigan fan pages are going buck wild right now still. Uh, but, yeah. Again, I think Joe Milton is going to give you your best chance to win. And uh, he's got to get help from his receivers. Uh, Eric Hall had another really bad game. Uh, I think he made another another drop or two. Uh, Ronnie Bell, statistically, six for 149. And Cornelius Johnson played pretty well. He had a nice he had that nice deep ball, which I think tied the game up in the first quarter, 7-7 at one point. So I think he got something there. But, uh, man, uh, just – Again, a lot of work on, and I don't know if these receivers just are having trouble getting off the ball, uh, but it could be just a little bit of everything. Yeah. Uh, I was actually pretty happy to see Cornelius Johnson get in there and get worked in. I thought he was actually going to be a week one starter, and it didn't look like it. He didn't play too much. He got in late in the uh, in the first game when it was pretty much out of hand. And then he had like, I think one catch opportunity against Michigan state. This game he comes on he takes the big 37 yard touchdown to open the game up, uh, which I believe was Milton's first completion over 20 yards this year downfield. So it's like, okay, maybe he does have a little bit of touch. And then obviously he misses Ronnie bound later, but seeing Cornelius in there, that's definitely good. Um, the running game situation going back to that definitely needs to be changed. Uh, I, I don't know what their game plan is running the football, but so Haskins takes six carries. I believe two of those are in the wild, uh, the wildcat. Uh, Chris mm-hmm. Evans, Evans takes three carries. Zach Charbonnet goes for a 70 yard carry week one. He takes one carry in this game. Blake Corum. He's more of a scat back. So I don't look at him as taking too many carries. I look at him as like the James white of this team. Like he's in there for, yep. for decoy, for, for, uh, you know, screen passes and wheel routes like and stuff deep, like, like that. A, like a Debo Samuel type. Yes, Debo Samuel, you know, or uh, I'm not going to put him in Percy Harvin conversation, but Percy Harvin wasn't taking handoffs per se. He was taking like those, those off-tackle stuff. But 
Um, I don't look for Blake Corum to get too many between the tackle carries, but somebody like Zach Charbonnet or Hassan Haskins, I'm sorry, they need to be worked in with more carries. So even if you're down, we need to try and run the football. Obviously, the offensive line being the issue this past week, but goodness gracious, I mean, it's it's crazy because Giles Jackson was a non-factor in this game. I think that probably plays a little bit of a factor. I think he's probably him or Ronnie Brown between the, the top two skill players in the team. I, don't I, mean, know. Did, I think Giles Jackson had a pretty decent return, didn't he? I feel like at one point he had like a good kickoff return. Uh, you you could... No, he uh no, he had a long of twenty one. Okay. His longest kickoff return was twenty one. Okay, but maybe I'm thinking of a different week. I mean, there was definitely, I think he had that one return where he actually muffed it and then ended up bringing it out. Okay, might have been in that one. Yeah, and he ended up fixing it, but it, it actually started off really poorly. If that's what you're thinking of, I, okay. I think that's probably what you're thinking of. But I guess at the end of the day, Michigan's not as good as we thought. So. And first off, what do you think on Indiana? I, I mean, I I think this is probably the best Indiana football team that they've put on the field since Antoine Randall L days. Uh, they they look good on in all phases, really. Uh, again, I I, I praised uh, Penix uh, in a preview last week. I thought his his comparison to when uh, was the head coach and they had Trey Roberson he's kind of like a Trey Roberson Trey Roberson uh, excuse me that has a better arm and uh, I also gave a nod to Steve Scott the running back he I mean 24 for 97 four yards carry that's not bad uh two touchdowns so them, they they feasted and again they have a chip on their shoulder I mean I'm not saying I'm an Indiana fan outside Michigan I'm always one uh, one team kind of guy but if I had like a team that I enjoy watching, it's Indiana because they've always been so close to doing it, and they did it Saturday. And you know, just like the Michigan Michigan State score where they do the uh, the rushing stat, you know, and they show that the Indiana twenty five years haven't won a game. I'm like, man, this is they're they're just playing with me right now. And uh, so I'm I'm impressed with these guys. Uh, Penn State. We both thought they were the second best team in the Big Ten. It's clearly Indiana this season. Obviously, with the the way it is right now in, in the the COVID year, it has made everything so just insane. Minnesota was supposed to be poised to the next step. They look terrible. Michigan State gets pounded by Iowa. Indiana is like with Ohio State consistently improving every week. So, I. Man, it's going to be a very interesting uh, run here at the end. Yeah. So Indiana next week travels to Michigan State. The week after. That's going to be a ball game, I think. I think so, too. The week after, though, if they manage to escape Michigan State without a loss, they're going to be 4-0. They're going to be somewhere in the top 10, maybe even top 8, depending on how things shake out. And they got Ohio State. The week after, it, that'll be a good one. It'll be a barn burner. I think Ohio State takes them, but I mean, that'll be a huge game for Indiana. And I would, I mean, obviously be pulling for them. I know you probably would be too at that point. But uh, not too much more on Indiana. We'll we'll keep it to Michigan. But uh, next week they got they got Wisconsin. As of right now, what's your initial 
initial prediction for the game? Wisconsin hasn't played in a few weeks. Well, I'd hate to. I don't know. I don't. I, yeah, I'm not. I've done. I, I predicted 2027 Michigan against Indiana. I'm not going to do a score thing yet. However, this week it's kind of hard for a prediction because Wisconsin's coming out of their their protocol from the Big Ten with 21 days of no negative, whatever. And they're still unsure of who their quarterback's going to be. Graham Mertz obviously had a huge day week one against Illinois because he's technically the second string quarterback because uh, the uh, Jeff Cohn, Jack Cohn, yeah, had a, had a knee surgery in October. He's out indefinitely, so Graham Mertz is the starter going forward. But he still has to, I think, pass a few more things to get to the Saturday game. And if he doesn't play, then they're going to be playing uh, Danny Vanden Boom who's a junior, and I don't know if that guy has ever not touched a clipboard. So very hard to, to predict here. If they, you're, just, you're kind of a typical Wisconsin team. Uh, good defense, going to pound you in the, in the mouth. But they also threw five touchdowns week one. So, uh, it's again, very hard to, to gauge what's going to happen here on the Power Index ESPN. They're predicting – 87% towards uh, in favor of Wisconsin winning this ball game. It's going to be a huge test for U of M. Uh, like I said, it's, it's going to, you go, you fall to one and three. I, I don't know where I, you're literally playing to beat Ohio state. And that is a huge task to ask uh, of the way you're playing right now. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I, I feel like Wisconsin's going to win this game, but again, you don't know who the roster is. So, I mean, you said fall the one and three, and obviously that would be the case for this year, but listen, listen to these last five opponents of Michigan. So dating back to last November 30th, they were versus number one, Ohio state. They lost 56 to 27 new year's day. They're at number 13, Alabama. They lose 35, 16. This year they open up at number 21, Minnesota. I don't think we agree that Minnesota is even a ranked team at this point, but uh, they win 49-24, and then obviously these last two weeks they drop losses two weeks in a row. So they're they're literally 1-4 and four in their last five games. Man, does this hurt? This is – I mean, I know this is something that you always say that this is what Michigan is, and I know you don't want to believe it. I mean, you say it because you know it's true, but – we don't want that to be the case, obviously, and I don't want that to be the case. And I don't know. It's just uh, it's a tough pill to swallow. I think if I'm being completely honest with myself, that Wisconsin's going to win this game, and they're probably going to do it somewhat handily, uh, somewhere in the vicinity. If I had to throw a score, I don't. I don't like to get into score predictions too much, but. I think by two scores, man. I mean, I think it's like 31-14, somewhere in there. I just We can't hang with with anybody that has somewhat of a resemblance of a passing attack. And in the first game, this this Mertz kid, is that his last name, Mertz? Yep, right? Graham Mertz, yeah. Yeah, so he throws five touchdowns. Three of them are to this Ferguson receiver. Seven catches for 72 yards and three touchdowns. Who's guarding him? Vincent Gray? No. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm assuming I'm assuming it's gonna it's probably their, their tight end. Um, 
I think I, I think Ferguson is their tight end. Uh, but they, yeah, yeah, he is a tight end. They're definitely they're definitely showing that they they can they can sling the ball again. It was against Illinois, so again a lot of a lot of I think questions will be answered this weekend. Um, you'll see obviously Wisconsin is the only second game that they're they're playing of the year, yeah. and uh, you'll see kind of if on how Michigan responds. Uh, what I didn't really like with not even just last week, but uh, kind of since over the last probably about six, seven games going into last year, Michigan's running back rotation is very, very odd. Yeah, uh, no, I agree. It's, I agree. It's not even a running back by committee, it seems like. It seems, uh, it seems as though you get a running back and they start getting in a groove or they have a big play, and then you don't see them for like two quarters. And don't know why i personally i'm always the type of guy where i like a bell cow and i like that third down uh running back in the yeah you know the third the third down back so you know you always like mike hart and then you like you know grady or uh you know brandon minor to come in to uh, facilitate the third down but uh they need to uh, we both agree haskins starts and i think core needs to be more of the third down guy i yeah. like charbonnet but Charbonnet is uh, is boom or bust. It seems like you know I, I I'm gonna agree. get no game, and he's and younger. I'm get a seventy yard game. Yeah, you know, he is younger. And then it seems like Chris Evans, obviously having that year off last year with his uh, off the field issues, it looks like he's not getting the rust off at all. And part of that is the offensive line is complete trash. But he's just he's not. I mean, obviously you find who your better running back is, is when they can make something from nothing. And Haskins, obviously, is their best one. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I guess official prediction from you, Wisconsin or Michigan? Oh, uh, Wisconsin. Yeah. yeah and, same. God, it's it, it's so – it's so hard. I don't want to say hard, but it, it, it doesn't fit right with me to say that. Normally, I'm not saying I, I'll pick Michigan everywhere. I mean – preview i had this being a kind of a swing game uh but i didn't think michigan state was going to be a swing game uh and i didn't think indiana was going to be a swinging game i thought that was going to be a, a, a no no toe to toe battle but yeah uh, this is going to be uh it's gonna be badgers well let's go ahead and touch on this we got we got some time here so uh jim harbaugh you know he, he drops to one and two uh one and four in his last five games I think a lot of people are probably calling for his head. I know we talked about it a little bit last week, and uh, even more so now after another loss. I think people are done. People are uh, they're officially over. Um, but I actually saw somebody say something, and it, it makes it makes sense. So JJ McCarthy, the four star or five star, depending on what rankings you're looking at, uh, quarterback number two in the country for most charts, uh, is committed to Michigan. Seen somebody say that there's no way Harbaugh's not here next year because they don't want to lose his his commitment. Uh, what's your take on that? Well, the coaches do it all the time, especially with uh, assistants. They keep assistants on so they can lock in that recruit, and sometimes they get rid of him afterwards. It happened with uh, Rich Rodriguez coming in. He kept Fred Jackson on to get Sam McGuffey, but we all know how that turned out. Uh, you know what, though? I mean, do, are you going to really keep a head coach that has not really 
done much for you uh, in the trophy case department? Uh, is it is it really worth keeping him on just to get a, another quarterback in, into your system? Um, I mean, Milton's your quarterback that you recruited. Uh, you know, you got McNamara, you recruited him. So, to me, if you have to make the decision to to replace him, do it. Who cares about the commitment? You're going to have attrition anyway. If you, if, you know, Jim Harbaugh steps down, you're going to have three or four guys regardless going somewhere else. Yeah. And you might have that with Daxon Hill. If Jim Harbaugh leaves, Daxon Hill might be entering the transfer portal. That dude turned down Alabama to come to Ann Arbor. That is, that's probably not sitting right with him. Uh, it won't sit right with me. So, again, there's going to be a tradition regardless. And uh, the next coach, if I'm just saying hypothetically, the next coach, I mean, you got to grab whatever you can to hold on. Yeah, I don't think Dax is, is going to leave only because he only has to play one more year. I mean, it doesn't even matter who the head coach is next year. I, w- I would assume that they're that they're going to be better than what we are right now. I can't see Michigan being bad again next year, despite who's head coach. Even Harbaugh's back, I think they're better than they are this year, um, just because of experience. I mean, we, we both agree that the secondary is absolutely abominable. I mean, I, I would have to assume that's going to be somewhat improved. Just assumption obviously but uh whether they move on from don brown whether they move on from harbaugh or both or yeah but who knows as you said i mean when these recruits especially the quarterbacks you know like like Dylan mccaffrey you know he gets recruited here as soon as he steps on campus he gets leapfrogged by shea patterson and then when he thinks it's his job joe milton swoops in it's like I don't know. We're sending a bad message to quarterbacks. I've heard that a few times from different people. It says that Michigan sent bad. And I somewhat agree. You know, um, this was the first time that John or, or yeah, John Harb, John, Jim Harbaugh is starting a, his own recruit at quarterback. Yeah. So yep. it's a bad look It is what it is, I guess. Um, you know, as we, as we approach this, this gauntlet of a schedule, which didn't appear to be a gauntlet when, we, when it when it first came out. I know we we talked about a few swing games, but I mean we literally have. And this is I can't even believe I'm going to say this. After Wisconsin, we have Rutgers, and that game all of a sudden looks tough. Every game on the on what's ahead of us is going to be a dogfight. Maryland yeah. destroying Penn State. Maryland looks great. So. If any team beatable, it's kind of Penn State. But yeah. going in, Penn State was supposed to be the one that was behind Ohio State. So yeah, uh, it, yeah, yeah. Pretty sad. It kind of sucks. We're fourth in the Big Ten East, which is pretty much our our calling card. I mean, that's really where we're always at. Um, I don't know. Uh, obviously, I'm pulling for the boys this weekend. I think we're in for we're in trouble. You know, 7.30 start time, ABC, I'll be watching. But, boy, are we in trouble. <laughs> I don't know where else to say or what else to go from here, but any other uh, final notes? No, I I, I I guess I will say this. Uh, again, I mean, I've never played college football. I'm just a mere fan. This is my religion. This is your religion. Yeah. But people, Michigan fans, if you're listening to this, yeah, whatever, whatever 
conspiracy theory or theory you have, just know this. Just because a player that is a Michigan alum is great on the football field does not translate to being a great head coach, okay? You know, you and I, we've seen the post about a guy on one of the fan pages boasting or uh, offering the idea that Tom Brady should be the next head coach at U of M. Okay, so just because he's the GOAT in the NFL and has six rings does not mean he's going to step into Ann Arbor and all of a sudden, you know, go undefeated like Nick Saban and win six titles, okay? And Charles Woodson is not going to be head coach either. That dude's a family man. If, like I even said in the last episode, if you were ever to get Charles Woodson on staff, it would be like the the lottery would be the the defensive backs coach. Let me jump Um, in real quick with with what you just said about Woodson. Everyone's jumping on this Woodson train because he offered a little bit of cornerback insight during the Michigan State game. Let, let me rephrase it. He offered a little bit of cornerback insight. I wonder why. He's the greatest college football cornerback ever. Yeah. That's his team that's losing. He's going to offer insight. If you think for a half a second that Charles Woodson wants to come coach Michigan, you're out of your damn mind. He doesn't want nope. to right now. It, first off, Charles Woodson doesn't have any coaching experience. He would need at yep. least need to go on somebody's staff for a year. And Harbaugh, frankly, can't afford him right now, as you said. Uh, you can continue. That's really what I wanted to chime in there because all these people no, that are yeah, calling absolutely. for Woodson, I'm like, you guys, he offered insight in the cornerback position in a rivalry game. Uh, duh. <laughs> I mean, and duh. you know what the thing is? is He was bringing up the thought uh, and playing the ball. And that's why they're getting burned. And I will have to say, in I think it was one of the first drives against Indiana, Vincent Gray, who's been burnt toast the last few weeks, he turned his head and he actually defended a pass, one pass. And I thought that was going to be lifting him up a little bit, but it's still he got burned. But just, I mean, I understand that people are like, man, yeah, Charles Woodson, he's got that, he's got that knowledge. Harbaugh's staff is probably telling the players the same thing. It's up to the players to actually turn around. I mean, it's probably brought up to you and pop Warner on how to play corner and when to turn your head on the ball, you know? Um, so that, again, if you're listening, Michigan fans, just enough with these crazy coaching searches that you got going on in your head, you know? And I think a lot of people are coming around the corner here that the next guy probably not be a Michigan man and I think that is my opinion the number one uh, on the resume and again I might sound crazy to some people but if any of these people that are getting mentioned I think Luke Fickle is like the most realistic one not Tom Brady not Charles Wilson and I already see your face falling in your hand but hey Charles Wilson or Luke Fickle who do you think is more realistic to be the head coach oh oh in that case yeah yeah, absolutely. I, I think there's other options. Oh, there is. There absolutely is. Yeah. But, you know, those are the three that were getting tossed around for sure. Yeah. And, you know, a lot a lot of people have thrown Matt Campbell's name out there. Iowa State, former UT guy. Um, yeah, whatever. No, thanks. No, right. thanks. I, I mean, right. pers- personally, uh, I, I'm still a believer that Jim Harbaugh is a good football coach. The thing is, so is Matt Campbell. So is Luke yeah. Fickle. I want an elite football coach, and I don't think we're going to get that. So at this point, and you know, I had a slight argument with somebody over on Facebook. It's like, we're not going to get an elite coach. 
So I would like a quarterback whisperer. I would like somebody that has a proven track record of making quarterbacks good. And that's why I brought up Joe Brady. Um, yeah, that is a phenomenal, phenomenal idea. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, for the people that don't know who he is, he was on the staff of the New Orleans Saints, worked with Drew Brees, ends up going to LSU for one single year, takes an average Joe Burrow, and yes, look at the stats, he was average, and makes him, I mean, he had the greatest college football season ever by a quarterback, okay? Then he goes to the Panthers, and look what he's doing with the Panthers. And most of the time it's been without McCaffrey. I'm raising my hand. I would like him on staff. Bring him in. Offer him. He's not a Michigan guy. He's not somebody that's just going to be a yes man. He seems like he's going to run his own thing. And it's working. It's worked everywhere he's went. Everywhere he's went. And he, he worked under Sean Payton. I mean, he's literally he's worked under these great coaches. Matt Rule's an offensive mind, so I'm sure they're kind of clicking together. I don't know. I dig the Joe Brady thing. Um, I haven't heard anybody else talk about it. I threw his name out there. He's a, he's a name that I, I'm watching. Um, I don't know. I'm not, again, I'm not still, till this day, I'm not calling for Harbaugh to get fired. I want it to work out. I just believe they will part ways. Yeah. I, I don't want him to be fired. I just part ways. Part ways. Don't resign. Whatever it is. If he resigns, I'm all in. Okay, let's go. What, but I need changes. John Brown, sorry. Don Brown, sorry. Don Brown, mm-hmm. it, it's been real. Sorry, you're out of here. Uh, Gaddis, I'm not completely out on, but I don't know if that's the answer. I just, I just uh, again, with Harbaugh, it's like every year he's, or every two years, every other year, he's rotating his offensive coordinators a lot. And he really tried with Gaddis bringing him in because of the new young mind. Uh, and I like continuity. And if we get rid of Gaddis, uh, let's say, Joe Brady just to be the offensive coordinator. I mean, Joe Brady probably may improve us eventually, but I just he's starting over, kind of. You know what I'm saying? And uh, you know, the one and another coaching staff uh, member that doesn't really bring get brought up a lot and doesn't really make a lot of sense is his son uh, that coaches the Titans and running backs. What's a bummer is Tyrone Wheatley was our running backs coach for the first season, and I think there was that tiff or that power struggle with him and Harbaugh, and then he leaves, and he really helped our running backs. I really wish we still had Tyrone Wheatley. That was like a, that was like equivalent to having Charles Woodson on the staff. Uh, so, uh, again, we're all hypothetical right here, but uh, if this happens, Jan- the month of January and February and the coaching search uh, is going to be uh, getting your popcorn ready. Yeah. You know, I, I... – Again, not really an argument, but I seen somebody the other day that said that Harbaugh's always had one foot out the door, and I completely disagree with that. I initially agreed with that when he got here that I thought it was a rental. You know, I don't, I don't know if we've ever spoke on this, but I thought, yeah, he's here for a couple of years. We'll, we'll get turned around, and then he'll leave to the back for the NFL where he rightfully belongs. Obviously, we, we got somewhat turned around because we're better than before he got here, but at the same time, we're kind of back in that regress stage. Um, I don't believe that Harbaugh ever wanted to leave. I believe he wants to be here another 10 years. It's just, unfortunately, the fan base is calling for more, and he's not able to give us more. You know, it's, it's, the, it's that situation where, God, you, you bought this sports car, you know, and it was super expensive, and it's the shiniest new toy. Everybody in, on the block's looking at it, and you're like, yeah, guys, I'm going to ride this out. But your commute to work's 50 minutes. 
and you're driving that back and forth every single day, and it's wore out on you, and it no longer has the worth because now it's snowing out, and it doesn't do the job that you thought it was going to do, and it's not shiny anymore. Nobody gives a shit about it. It's not it, – it, be, it, it becomes the old thing rather than the new thing, and unfortunately, your neighbor just went out and got a Ferrari, so your sports car – Never looked good in the first place. Now, <laughs> uh, did I nail that? Or <laughs> oh, no, no, you did. No, absolutely, I loved it. I loved every second of it. That's 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 where I'm at. It sucks. I want Michigan to be better. You know, I, I know you do too. I don't want to see Harbaugh fired. I don't believe that's the case. I don't believe he has to be fired. Just part ways after the season. Let's move on and let's get a healthy, smart, offensive mind. The defense will come. Let's get an offensive mind in there. Uh, you know, I think in today's college football, you have to be offensively uh, gifted, and then the defense just kind of naturally comes with it. You know, I've, obviously Saban's kind of like the the one sole difference there where he's kind of a defensive mind, but he, he I mean, the offense kind of comes because of how good he is at recruiting. Mm-hmm. It just is what it is. I mean, at this point, he's almost wide receiver you. So <sighs> anything else? We pretty much nailed it. No, we pretty much nailed it, and, you know, I don't want to always beat the drum and the dead horse every week talking about, you know, Jim Harbaugh's hot, hot seat, but, I mean, it, it's it's very relevant. I mean, every week you take a loss, uh, you're going to get uh, you're gonna get challenged by the fans and the media. So, uh, you know, one thing that Rich Rodriguez always used to say is, like, when you're winning, you keep the lights on, you don't see any of the cockroaches. When you lose, the lights go off. And there's roaches everywhere. So, I mean, that's not the exact quote, but you know, you know what I mean. So, yeah, yeah. Get get the W. Get the W. Salvage uh, whatever you have left here. Yeah. At this point, and this this sounds far fetched. Everyone's gonna be like, "Oh, you're being a homer." But like, no matter what happens the rest of the year, my my like ultimate goal is for Harbaugh to kind of announce before the game, "Hey guys, this is it for me." And we just beat Ohio State, and that that ends the year. I mean, that would obviously be the the icing on the cake, and Harbaugh's entire tenure would be would be worth it, truly. I mean, but it's it doesn't look like that's going to happen. And at this point, it looks like we're going to get beat seventy to ten. So, well, if, well, if he goes, this is going to be my last game, and they win, he's going to be like, just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh man. Oh goodness. Yeah. All right. Well, it's been another fun one. We'll uh, we'll look to have you back on next week after uh, hopefully a W against Wisconsin, but we will see. Until next time, go blue. Thanks again, my go man. Go blue, buddy. Absolutely. Take care.